Welcome. Welcome to Raj Church. For everybody watching online, uh, I want to say as well, welcome to Raj Church. And, you, and you, listen, if, if you're visiting online for the first time or if you're visiting here for the first time, you have to do yourself a favor and you have to come back next week, okay? You have to hear Pastor Aaron, okay? Pastor Aaron is one of the best communicators. He's so good. A couple weeks ago, I had him come to my place, all right? I'm like, you need to preach at my place because he is just awesome. He's funny. He's fun. He's all that, and he's a real, a real friend. Um, I am not uh, a guest speaker here. If you don't know this, before you were here, I knew about you. Uh, we prayed together, uh, Pastor Aaron and, and Erica and my wife and I, and, and we just prayed and believed and talked and Man, I, I saw what God was going to do before he even got going, you know? And so we've been with you guys. And so I'm not Pastor Jay, I'm Uncle Jay today. How about that, okay? Will y'all receive me as Uncle Jay this morning? Will y'all do that? Okay, awesome. You wanna, hey, let me introduce you to my family real quick. Uh, so I think I got a picture for you guys. That's my crew right there. My wife and I, Stephanie, and my daughter, my oldest daughter, Mia, right in the middle, just got married uh, August 5th to my son-in-law, who's with me today. Come on, he's back there in the back. Hunter's with me. And uh, that's my son, Trent. My, uh, my, my daughter all the way to the left is Ella. She is a senior, going to be graduating. And that's my youngest all the way to our right right here. And that's the child that uh, uh, she gets whatever she wants because she's the baby. And I'm tired. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? By the time you get to the last child, you're like, Holy Spirit, just raise them, please, Holy Spirit, because I'm just tired at this point. So, no, anyway. <laughs> and so, hey, if you have your Bible, open up the 2 Kings chapter 4. I am, uh, I'm from New Orleans uh, and started Church of the King in Katy, Texas about, uh, right, it'll be seven years ago in January is when we started. So excited to be with you guys. And man, I just, uh, I, I know I said this earlier, but uh, it's customary when you have a guest speaker to honor the pastor. It's what you should do. It's the right thing to do. But I'm not doing it because I should or it's the right thing. I'm doing it because they deserve it. The Bible says give honor where honor is due. And, uh, and your pastor and his wife are phenomenal leaders, phenomenal communicators. I'd put that man on any stage in America and he could and he'd bring the word and minister to people. You have a gift in him. And I don't know about how y'all feel about Erica, but like, I want to grow up and be like her one day. You know what I'm saying? I just, geez, when I grow up one day, I want to be her and life will be good for me. So you are in a great house, a great place. And um, I feel like I have a word for you. I feel like I have a real word for you guys. Um, Rise Church. Now, when I say Rise Church, I want y'all to hear what I'm going to refer to Rise Church a lot. When you talk about church, we know this. Church is not a building. It's a people, right? right. So th that's critically important because we can come in, oh, the building, oh, this, that, and check in and all this stuff. It's nice. But always remember this. A church is its people. So when I say Rise Church, I'm talking about you. Yeah. And when I'm asking how you're doing, I'm, asking how Rise, I'm finding out how Rise Church is doing. Why? Because they're together, right? Because that's what it is. So how you're doing is how Rise Church is doing. How Rise Church is doing is how you are doing. So when I say Rise Church or you or whatever, I'm talking about you. Everybody say you. Okay, I'm talking about you this morning, but I have a word because I feel like you guys are at a critical point as a church. I know y'all gave a vision offering last week, and I know over the next couple weeks y'all will be giving uh, towards that, and, and that is super critical, what's going on. I, but I'm telling you, you may not even realize it, because sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you don't actually know what you're in until yeah. you get out of it, yeah. and you look back and you're like, whoa, we did that. 
oh, wow, I cannot believe that happened. And I truly believe y'all are in a season of time where there is a, this was Rice Church before, and now this is Rice Church after. And so y'all are really in a critical moment, and I want to help you guys. You know why? Because your uncle, Uncle Jay, I'm just a couple years ahead of you guys. Just start a couple years before you guys, and I'm going to share a little bit of our story. And so my goal today, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you a little bit of the word. I'm going to give you some principles from the word that's going to challenge all of us in here. And then I'm going to share throughout it a little bit of our story to try to help do this, because this is what I really feel uh, from the heart of God for you guys, is I want to help just build your faith today. I want to build your faith. I want you to realize, and it's not the faith of the, it's a faith for you. And if you're young in here, don't think it's for mom and dad, it's for you. Okay, it's for all of us in this place because we're going to need it where God is wanting to take us. 2 Kings chapter 4, give you a little bit of context. Elijah, a major prophet in, in scripture, he, he passed away. He died. He actually went on. He didn't pass away. He was actually taken up into heaven. Uh, and so then he had a protege, Elisha. And Elisha is coming into his own, and he's, he's coming into being the prophet of the time. And, and as he become, comes into that, there's this event, there's this moment that happens that we're going to look at today, and we're going to grow and learn from today. And it's 2 Kings 4, verses 1 through 7. So here's the portion of Scripture. The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha. Now, Elisha's a prophet. She was a wife of a company of prophets, so they probably knew each other. And your servant, my husband, is dead. Big deal. Big deal. Because during those times, it wasn't both people working. It's usually the husband's working. So whenever the husband would pass away and there was a widow there, that's why the Scripture talks so much about taking care of widows. The community had to come around them because if the husband passed away, then how are we going to get what we need? How, how are we going to survive? And this lady was not surviving well. We're about to see that. She said, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he loved God. He revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as slaves. He was coming to get his possession. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay off your debts. You and your son can live on what's next. Will y'all pray with me for a second, Father? I pray you would just help me today. Father, my prayer today is that at some point that, that no one would hear me, but somehow through something that's said today, they'd hear you. And that your voice would come through, Lord Jesus. And I pray when that happens, it would change everything because we know that's what happens when you show up on the scene. Something has to break. And I pray it would break in people's lives today. And everyone said, amen, amen. You know, I like, I love stories of miracles. You know, you have Pastor Aaron ever up here share, hey, a story of a miracle. It, aren't miracles cool? Man, it's so cool to hear miracles. But you know, there's this interesting thing that I love 
to hear about miracles, but I just don't want to be in a position that I need one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, what a great story. That's awesome. Those things are great. But I never want to be in a spot that I actually need a miracle because if I know I'm in a spot that I need a miracle, that it's not going well at all. You know, and I started thinking about you guys and praying for you this week and thinking about this church. And, and I'm going to just tell you, you guys are in a key spot and the spot that you're in, you're going to need some miracles along the way. And God's going to work and move through many of you to help bring miracles into this house. But as God brings miracles into this house, it's for something great. It's for something huge. It's for reaching people and building people. And so, so maybe you're in a spot today and maybe it's a physical spot. Maybe it's an emotional spot. Maybe it's a financial spot. And you need a miracle. You need a miracle. Well, I have some good news and I have some surprising news, okay, for many of us. That what you need, the miracle that you may need, it's not in a special service. It's not in some speaker or some worship set. It's not that, that the miracle that you need, you already have part of it. You have, you have some of it. And so I want to share with you, the title of my message today is this. It's there is a miracle in your house. There's a miracle in your house. The miracle that you need, the ingredients that you need for the miracle that you need, it's right, right, it's right before you and you may not see it. And today I'm going to help you see that and see how God can use it in a powerful way. I need to give you a quick context, you know. Uh, I'm, I was born and raised in New Orleans area until I was about 39 years old. Uh, I, I didn't grow up in church at first, got saved when I was about seven years old, and my family got saved after that. Grew up in, 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 a, in a charismatic church. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Charismatic church. I heard some amens earlier. Like, like when you amen in the, the communion, then that means... Somebody been around a charismatic church at some point, okay? I mean, they know how to throw it down. So be careful. You start amening me too much, I'll go for an hour and a half up here, okay? All right? So nudge each other, say, man, I'm hungry. Quit amening, all right? So that's how we work around here. But, but I grew up around a charismatic church. I was a youth pastor for about 20 years. Loved it. Thought that's all I would ever do. Uh, then God began to, to, to prick our heart. And one long story short, we end up starting a brand new church in Katy, Texas, very much like uh, Pastor Aaron here, we parachuted in, didn't know anybody, uh, moved in about almost seven years ago at this moment and started Church of the King. We started in a school, first service, 350 people. Come on, somebody, God's good. Next week, 150. Come on, somebody, not good. <laughs> Actually, they trained us. They told us that would happen, you know, and so we ended up about 120 people or so, and, and, and we just slowly started growing. It's year two, we decided you know, uh, we were like, we started to believe God. Year two, believe God for a permanent facility. And that, that's, that's not a small thing because in, in Katy, Texas, as I'm driving around here, this is a nice area. You know what that means? Stuff ain't cheap. That's what that means, okay? So I'm in a nice upcoming area, all that. And I actually had local pastors that I had met with and connected with. And I remember one in particular telling me, say, Jason, I just want you to have the right expectations, Okay that it usually takes, the quickest it's taken any of us to get to a permanent location is nine years. It's taken some of us as many as 15 years to get, a per, a get one. And I was like, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I did. And so, do you know, by the end of the second year, we had an opportunity, I'll talk about that in a second, to purchase a place. And so we had about 350 people and we need to raise a bunch of money. 
And so, we, man, we just started praying and asking God. God gave this supernatural opportunity. And, and, to, and, and we ended up buying a place, getting a place, start building in the middle of COVID. Come on, nothing like building something in the middle of COVID. Nothing like just insecurity all up in my soul during that going on. We went from 350 people at that time to 100 on a Saturday night recording something. And so I remember we getting ready to move into our building, and this was just less than two years ago. We, moved, we actually moved in December 5th, 2020, we moved into our, our facility, okay? So at the end, in the middle of COVID going on, we move into this place, had 100 people showing up on a Saturday night. We've raised this money. We're building this place. And I remember in the middle of all of it, I said, if I don't accomplish anything in life, we're moving in this building. And if the bank comes and get it next month, that's fine. We got in the building for week, four weeks, all right? So I mean, we are getting in this building. And so we did, and uh, man, God has just blessed. And I only say this, I don't say this to throw it out there. I'm not saying this for you to be impressed. One of my goals today is I want to help give you an impartation of faith. And I'm going to tell you why in just a second is this. Is, so we moved into the building. We had 500 people for a service. This morning, we'll have anywhere between 1,300 and 1,600 people in church. And more than that, in less than two years, we've seen 1,000 people give their hearts to Christ for the very first time. Isn't that amazing? So you can say amen to that one, okay? That won't, that won't speed me up too much. And the reason why I'm going to tell you this is Rise Church, where you are, you are further along right now than we were at this point in your journey. You have more people, more stuff going on, more things happening around you than we were. So I've just been saying, I've been telling Pastor Aaron, I'm like, y'all move into a building, bro. You better hold on. When y'all find your place, it's going to be crazy what happens in this place. It is, you know? And you'll look back one day and you'll be like, we the OGs, though, because we the originals up in this place. And so that's going to be all you. But, but I want to give you, I think it's important, because you need to see there's four challenges. I'm going to give you four challenges we see in this scripture of faith that we're going to need, that there's a miracle in your house. And, and I'm hoping to help you see the miracle and the part that you play in this, that each one of you play in this church and in your life. And by the way, as you connect to this church and the church moves forward, you're going to see things in your life because the church has this thing called a corporate anointing. The anointing that's on the house that you plant yourself in is the anointing you begin to find out in your life, that all of a sudden you have favor on your life. All of a sudden, you got faith coming into your life, and you have all these things working out. How this worked out is because you plant yourself. But always remember this. You only get the anointing you're under, not the one you're around. And so when you plant yourself in a house, and you get and you say, I'm in. I'm going to be a part. It may be a big part. It may be a small part. But I'm a part, and this is my house. When you do that, the anointing of the house will come up on the anointing of your family, and you want that. Four challenges. Four challenges. To, I'm going to give you four challenges to possess your 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 miracle, because there's a miracle in your house. You may be even sitting here today, Pastor, man, I mean, this pastor's up here, you ain't visiting from, from Katie, whatever, you know, wearing flannel, I don't, I don't even like flannel, you know, whatever, I mean, what's this dude doing up here, you know, all these kind of things. You know, Pastor, you don't even know my story, I only have a little bit of faith. Hey, I got good news for you. The Bible says you don't need much. You just need the faith of a mustard seed, and God can move mountains for you. Maybe you're here saying, you know, I've messed up, Pastor. I get it. The whole reason I'm here is because I kind of messed up, and I'm trying to get things back. Hey, that's awesome, because I'll tell you what, God will use that mess up, and he'll put purpose on your pain. 
And the very thing that you're trying to get rid of, God's wanting to know, no, I'm going to use this because there's a miracle in your house. Well, I'm not very gifted. Hey, he takes, he takes the things that, that aren't gifted and he puts his anointing on it. The thing I love that God does is God just, he takes the foolish things of the world and he confounds the wise, the Bible says, that he does. Matter of fact, hey, by the way, I failed English. God uses the foolish things. It's like I failed English, and I am in this highly educated part of Houston where I have all these people with masters and doctors and all that kind of stuff, and I failed English in high school. Some of you saying, I could tell, Pastor. <laughs> I could tell. He uses what we have, though. He uses what, what we have because there's a miracle in your house. Say my house. I think one of the challenges that we have is this, is many times we struggle seeing the miracle that God wants to use in my house because I see what's in other people's house. You ever go to someone's house and, and you look at all the stuff in their house and then you start judging your house? That happens with my wife. Like we left the house, the sofa was fine. The chairs in the den were fine. We go to somebody else's house, all of a sudden we come home and that same sofa. All of a sudden, that's a nasty sofa. We need some new chairs. We said, well, 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 oh, it was fine. We go to dinner at this house, and now we come back. And I think some of us, we look at other houses like, oh, well, they can use them because they're gifted, or they can use them because of that. They can use them. No, 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 it's your house. By the way, this is your story. Raj Church, this is your story. Sir, ma'am, this is your story. It's not somebody else's story. This is your story. And God wants to use your story to, to show miracles that he might show his glory in, in all of us. All right, let me, let me get to a challenge one. Let me give you a challenge one is this, that your miracle isn't contingent on what you don't have, but how you steward what you do have. Your miracle, what you need, what you're looking for, what you came in, what you're hoping for. Maybe you just came here, you're going through the motions, we go to church, that's kind of what we're doing, but there's something going on in your life. You need to know that the miracle isn't found in something else. The miracle is found on what you're already studying. I'm going to read through the story. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And what did she say? Your servant has nothing at all. I have nothing. I have nothing to give. You ever felt like you had nothing? Ever feel like you had nothing to give? You have nothing to be a part of? Well, God says, hey, I want to use you for what? I don't have anything. Hey, I want you. Pastor gets up here and he challenges us to give over and above our tithes. It's like, pfft. Have you seen my bank account? I'm trying to give the Lord my bank account because I don't want it. Come on, you know, I mean, it's like, you don't understand what's not in it, okay? Now, how am I supposed to do these things? It's, I have nothing at, at, at all. You know, year two, so it's year two of our church. We're praying. My pastors actually came to church and said, you know, I want you to believe for a facilities miracle. And so I... Uh, I started telling the church. So I was like, hey, let's pray for facilities miracle. So we, we're only a year old, okay? So it's in year two, January. Come on, let's believe God for a miracle. February, let's believe God for a miracle. March, April, May, June. Let's believe God for a miracle. July, well, you know, let's kind of pray for a miracle and hope for, hope for the best. <laughs> September, October. Now, I had been telling everybody, I had put myself out there, hey, let's believe God for a miracle, and, and nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, what do you have? Nothing. Any opportunity? Nothing, nothing. 
And I remember, I'll never forget, I always remember this. It was a Sunday morning. I was getting up to go preach. And I was thinking about, you know what? I need to soften the blow a little bit. We've been telling everybody to believe, but then I'm, I, I need, it's not working out real well. So I'm going like, to come up on Sunday and just be like, well, you know, God's timing. And I was going to be really careful with what I said. And I was sitting on, on the front row. We actually sit on this side. You guys sit on this side over here. And so I was sitting like on this side right here. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just challenged me and said, you going to believe me or not? You going to believe me or not? And I'm like, well, it's scary. By the way, faith is scary. If it's not scary, it's not faith. You've got to figure it out. Yeah, and, God calls, and God says this, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And can you have faith without risk? And so, so I got up there, hey, we're just going to believe God. Do you know a month later, the door opened up and we find, we, we, we go, to, go to the place, go to the facility. We, we see an opportunity. We begin to, to pray and believe. And then God just supernaturally opened up the opportunity for us. I have a 58 second video that I just wanted to show you of our place. So you can see what it's like. This was December 5th, 2020, our first service that we moved into during the pandemic. So you can get a little picture of it and what God did, even though we thought we had nothing, what God did. So y'all watch that real quick. that awesome so come on y'all saw all those masks tell me y'all glad that's over with somebody say amen to that so here's a pastor it feels like I have nothing hey if you feel like you have nothing you're in a good place because God specializes in doing something out of nothing you know why because when God moves on the scene it is impossible for God to do a lot of things and one of them is it's impossible for him to do nothing because when he moves on the scene, something is going to happen. That's your first, your first challenge. And then it goes into our second challenge is, is this. Before, before I read the second challenge, before you put it up there. Sorry, my bad. What did she say? Your servant has nothing at all except a small jar of olive oil. Challenge two, don't discredit what God has appointed. Don't discredit what God has appointed. It's almost like the man of God said, hey, 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 I, I, don't, I have nothing but like this little oil right here. Perfect. I have something to work with. When you give God something to work with, when you give that, I mean, look, I have this marriage, but it's kind of a mess. But, but, but 
but, but here it is, God. When we take what we do have and we give it to God, now he has something to work with that he can multiply and make a miracle out of it. Man, well, what about my ailment? What about this? I, I'm, I'm struggling with this, uh, my bank account, this learning disability. And so I can't do it because I, I have these things. No, 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 no. No, God can take that learning disability and he can do a miracle with it. And he can use it. And you can be an inspiration to others and bring people closer to Christ who've given up on life because of whatever may come their way. God has a way. Do not discredit what God has appointed. Well, I have nothing but a little bit of faith. I have a little bit of hope, a little bit of, I have a little bit of time. I have a little bit of talent. That's all I got, pastor. God will take that little bit and he can take it and multiply it. Next thing we see is in scripture says, now go around. This is what the prophet says. I just have this little bit of order. This is what I need you to do. I want you to go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars, but don't ask just for a few. Challenge number three is this. Don't Ask God for small things. Ask him for big things. I know what you believe by God, by what prayers you pray. You know what, by what prayers I pray. If I, if I pray small things, then I'm expecting God that can solve small problems. But when I ask God for big things, then I'm praying to God, and I show him my trust and my faith and belief that we have a big God that'll solve big problems. And so we ask God for big things. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring and she kept pouring and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there isn't a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. The oil didn't stop because of God's supply. It stopped because of their faith and it stopped because of their expectations. Hey, this is how much I expect to happen, so I'll bring this many jars on the scene. Pastor, you're talking about this big stuff, this prayer for big things. I mean, you kind of need to come back to reality. You need to be a little more grounded in what's going on around here. Hey, listen, I hear what you're saying, but I want to be a man full of faith that believes God's for big things. I want to be a man that believes God for big things for you in your life, that if you need a miracle, you're in the right church. If you need healing, you're in the right church. If you need God to bless you in ways above and beyond, you're in the right church because you're going to have people who are going to surround you and believe with you. I'd rather us get to heaven and God say this, well, you tried. Then to get to heaven and there's a screen like this and, they say, and God shows, I had all this for you. Why didn't you give me what you had and believed? Why didn't you give me what you had and believed? I'd rather get to heaven and say, well, he sure went for it. You tried. I'll give you that, Jason. And believe in God for big things. Don't, don't ask small. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live off of what's left. Watch this. Their miracle was directly related to their faith. And then watch this. Faith ultimately shows their practical preparation which gives me my final challenge is this, that your practical preparation prepares you for his promise. We really show that we're moving in faith when we do things in the practical that are shown we believe God in the supernatural. Did y'all catch that? So, so, so the practical preparations is what set us up for his promises. I, I, I wonder something because I don't have any brothers. I have an older sister, but I have a cousin who was like a brother, lived, lived close to me. 
And imagine this. So mom says, you know, hey, the man of God says, go get some jars. Hey, y'all go get as many jars as you can throughout the neighborhood. And, and they start going get jars around the neighborhood. And, and I'm wondering, this is the question that when I get to heaven, I want to ask this, these, these brothers this question. I wonder if the brothers after a while got tired of getting jars and thought to themselves, ah, that's enough. I don't know about you, but that's something me and my cousin probably would have done. Man, 20's fine. Let's just go. That's good. Yeah. Hey, son, is that all of them? Yeah, that's all of them. That's all of them. Okay. And then as the oil poured, and the oil poured, and the oil poured, I wonder if reality kicked in. And they were like, uh-oh. And I wonder if they maybe thought to themselves, I wonder if we would went and found more. What would if I got more? What if I would have believed more? What if I would have opened up my heart more? What if what they're talking about, I actually did it? This tithing thing, what if I actually did it? Believing God and going over, what if I actually did it? What if surrendering my life to Jesus and my marriage to Jesus, I wonder if I actually would have done it. It's the practical preparation that prepares us for God's God's promise. We took a step of faith out. We believed God. We got all the money we need. We got more than the money that, that we needed. We had 350 people, and I was believing God for a million dollars to to get going, we, we, we had $2.5 million came in in that little bit of time. But bigger than that, all these people giving their hearts to Christ, hundreds of teenagers coming to God, all these things. And, and you know, when we were stepping in during the middle of pandemic and the banks asking all these questions and all these things are going on, I was nervous. Now, I look good. I, I, at church, I'd be like, and God's going to move, and we believe him in Jesus' name. And then I turn around and be like, Lord, you better show up. You better come on. You better come through. <laughs> but I believe God, and, and, and God has, has moved. And now, now watch this. We're in a different phase now. We have a certain guarantor because we were so young as a church. The bank made us have certain people put their personal names on the loan as well. I was one of them. So me and three other families put our personal names on the loan. One family in the middle of a Saturday night service, we have 100 people coming. We don't know how this is going to work out. They called me just flipping out. Do I need to sell my house? Do we need to, da, 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 da. I'm like, no, no, no. God's going to come through. God's going to come through. God's going to come through. And just a couple months ago, I went back to the bank and they actually, because our financials, they, they released all the guarantors, took them off of the loan. And I went and I took them to a nice dinner to thank them. And you know what, you know what she said? She said, I just leave my name on there. We're going to have to do this again because we're out of room. Because God, there was a miracle in our house. And what we had that felt like so little, God took and he multiplied it. Because that's what God does. I want to thank you. You know, I want to thank you. It takes a group of people who are willing to love, pray, and sacrifice for people they haven't even met yet. I want to thank you. You know why? Because on the other side of your obedience is somebody else's destiny and salvation in eternity. Thank you. But maybe you're here and you're like, this is all great. I love what's going on in our church, Pastor, but I need a miracle. I need one. I have faith for the church. I have faith for all that, but I don't have faith for myself. 
The way I want to end today is this, is I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray every little bit. I mean, that story is great, Pastor Jason. And, you know, the story is just a story. But I say it because I want to deposit faith in you. And I'm not going to ask for faith for you. I'm going to ask for what Elisha asked Elijah. And he asked, give me a double portion. And if you look in Scripture, you will see that he did double the miracles that Elijah did. Can I tell you what? I felt called to God to pray over you that you'll do double of anything we've ever seen. And not just the church in your own life. I don't have time to tell you about the promotions. I don't have time to tell you about the raises. I don't have time to tell you about opportunities. I can, I can right now off the top of my head give you seven names of people that they were on a track that was going to take 10 years for them to be promoted. They were on a, a, a logical track. They gave sacrificially. They believed God. They prayed. They put themselves in the middle of it. We, we, we get there. We move. God's moving in a powerful way. And they find out in 18 months, the opportunity opened up. Hey, we want to skip you ahead. Seven people at least. Why? Because when God, when he gave it to God, God said, you know what? You trusted me with this little. I can give you a whole bunch. Can I pray for you? I'm going to ask this. If you don't mind, if this isn't strange for you, if you just put your hands like this in a receiving position. Father, I just pray right now. I felt led to last night when I was praying for everyone here that, Father, every little bit of faith that you've given us, every little bit of gifting that you've given us, God, I pray you'd give rise, church. You'd give that man, that, that lady, that young person, that grandma, that grandpa. I pray for all, Lord, I pray you'd give it to them double. I pray an anointing double would come upon them right now, God. I thank you for your power, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that there's a miracle in this house. But God, more personally, there's a miracle in each person's house when they take the little they have and they give it to you. I thank you for all you're doing, God. I thank you that your spirit's moving in this place, God. And I pray a gift of faith rises up in this room. A gift of hope rises up in this room, God. And we walk out of this room encouraged and ready to surrender to you again. I believe there might be some, this might be a little sticky. I'm not your pastor, so y'all don't have to invite me back. Some of you, God put something on your heart to give. And you ooched a little bit. Because you were nervous. And and I get it. I've been there. My wife and I, we committed to more than double we ever thought we've, we've ever done. And we did it at our place. And God's super, and I just want to encourage you, trust God with that little bit. Trust God with it. And watch the miracle that's birthed in your house. Lord, I bless your people today. I thank you, God, that your favor is surrounding them like a shield, God. And faith is rising in their heart and in this room to believe because there's a miracle in their house. In Jesus' name, amen.